welcome to episode 38 of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to current events and pursue truth as we seek to live for Christ. Good morning, Helen. Are you feeling rested from a nice holiday, sort of holiday? You're in between holidays, aren't you? There's a holiday thing going on. (laughs) Yeah. Is that right? How are you doing? Um, I'm well, thank you. Yes. Uh, Yes, I'm going. Well, it's the end of the summer holidays and I'm going on holiday. Um, So we're not quite at the end. We've got another week and a half, I think. We have we have got yeah. another week and a half. It's that strange time where it's I, I I find myself losing track of time in terms of summer holidays and not really wanting to think about how long might be left or crucially might not be left before yeah. everything goes back to that um, sort of normal in quotes thing of school and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, yeah. It, it's it's tricky, isn't it? I I like not having the routine of school. Yes, but then, I do too. It's really good. But then a little bit of me is looking forward to actually getting that back because it brings some structure to life. <laughs> it's quite all over the place in the holidays, but yeah, yeah it's nice. Yeah, it is. Have, have you you read any good good books whilst you've had some time off? I know you've got um, books to look forward to with your. Yeah, I've got books planned, a pile of books to take with me. Um, well, I finished the Glorious Few, which we've talked about before yes. Nick Frank's book um yeah that was a a good read I've said before uh not an easy read but but important read I think yeah, totally. um and I've been reading uh the children's inquiry which is um looking at how the covid interventions have affected children I think a critical book that um well this this covid inquiry that's happening, in their um their plans they didn't even plan to to talk about children at all which is okay. outrageous um so the children's inquiry i'm going to write something on it soon oh right well yeah. that, that i mean that's not an easy read either no i, I was going <laughs> to say quite harrowing it, it, it sounds quite it sounds quite um heavy going so but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed i'm impressed um uh it certainly we'll do it we'll do a book review won't we have nick frank's book because it it is an excellent book it really is um so my my reading will offset your reading i think so i i i think much before i quite like quite like sailing and um i i used to be a real fan of the 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 whipbread around the world yacht race and in the 80s there was um a boat called drum which was famous for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is his keel fell off and it turned turtle, Ooh. which which on an 80, 80 foot boat is quite quite something. And the second reason is it was partially partly owned by Simon Le Bon from Duran Duran. So I, I'm guessing you know Duran Duran, Helen, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, so so <laughs> so this so the the book is the account of the skipper, um, conveniently called Skip Novak. And uh, tells tells the story, and it's it's absolutely excellent. And I, it's one of these books where you have to buy it secondhand. So wh- when it arrives, it's like a proper book, hardback, and it's got. It, and the brilliant thing about buying a book like this is you get the pictures in it, which you don't get if you get oh, a Kindle. Yeah. Or if you, I suppose you can might yeah. get pictures. It just looks terrible. But the other thing is, is when you get the book and it arrives, it smells like um it smells like the old world, old book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it nice. has that wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Did it have any little dead silverfish in it? 
that's no sometimes <laughs> you occasionally find something cr- cr- scuttling around i think i'm not sure i like the look of whatever that is but it's now dead so, so yeah. that's okay um but yeah so so that was that was good so my my reading's definitely offset yours but i was really i ordered the book before my break before before the holidays and i i purposely did not read it till i was on holiday oh, definitely a, a holiday treat, book real treat but yeah um oh, in our last podcast we were just on the cusp of going on to some various obviously holidays but but one of those was 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 a, a camp like a, a festival i think we described it as wouldn't we which which actually was really really good really 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 good um thoroughly enjoyed it it was great for our young people um but but interestingly there's just one thing we just want to just touch on and comment on here is is that um you, you go to you go to a, a festival i'm sure you've been to many there'll be those of you listening that you'll be in things like spring harvest perhaps or um new wine um can you think of any others are the two ones that always come to my mind don't they last and brief <laughs> well i'm thinking of christian festivals here helen but uh, yeah Gla- glass, glass <laughs> that's our local one yeah. Yeah. See, I'd say Glastonbury, but no, yeah, that's a different thing. Oh, yeah, Glastonbury. No, big... <laughs> I am anyway, local. Yeah, well, yes. Um, so anyway, back to back to this festival. Really good. <laughs> but there there was there was a really uh interesting, slightly perturbing aspect to it, which was they 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 had the method of payment for um things like food vendors or if you wanted to buy merchandise um or if you go around the kind of exhibition places and you want to buy something instead of using cash or using a credit or debit card you had a wristband with a like a little rf rfid chip which has a qr code on it and that is that that has your kind of your cash on there so you charge it up you go to a station you actually use a credit card or a debit card and you put cash onto your wristband and of course your wristband is also used to identify you and to allow you into certain venues so they're kind of is scanned on a mobile phone which has a um, a near field chip uh, reader in the phone to to identify who you who you are and it what it was it it was bizarre wasn't it helen it was a really it was a wow. really silly move, really. It, yeah. Okay. It, it was. It was convenient. Yes. Oh, or was but it? That because... was, well, I mean, I think the. I think the the the, the, the maybe the festival organisers would say it's convenient. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to I... mention which festival it was because it really was brilliant. It really was. They did a super super job. Everything everything else was absolutely great. It's just this particular particular aspect of it was like, what are we doing? And for a Christian festival, which we'll talk about in a sec. I mean, that's just. Really, if you if you took a step took a step back, is is almost mind boggling. Um, but but the problem was is that you, you if you wanted to buy say some chips or you you come out you come out of a meeting and there's this delicious smell of cooked donuts from the, the vendor outside, you could not buy any. It was it was literally the option to use a credit card or debit card was taken away. The only way to buy something was with this wretched band. Um, and it, it was, it was a real shame because it really kind of, none of, we, none of us subscribed to it. We had to have the band to actually identify who we are, but we didn't use it for, for, um, uh, paying for things like like food there was there was an actual vendor that was part of the, the kind of event space they were permanently there and they they used normal cash so at least there was a like there was a couple of places we could go but it really was limiting but 
Yeah, I mean, you weren't impressed, were you, Helen? Let's let's um, let's cut some no, chase. No, I was. I was not impressed at all. I was absolutely horrified. Um, and I mean, it sounded like it it caused quite a problem with people queuing up trying to get money. Onto oh, it did. Yeah, yeah, massive, massive issues. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it led to a lot of conversations, I think, didn't it? Because you were, you know, wanting all of you who who decided no, we're not subscribing to this. Were you know going around talking to vendors and seeing what they thought about it and they weren't happy with it either were they and in fact they weren't told until the last minute i think you know turn up and and say i'm sorry but you can't use any of your systems to take money from people you've got to use our system yeah that 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 is that is that is correct and it would have been it would have been a kind of I guess a bizarre thing if they'd said okay we have this option you everybody has to have a wristband to identify that you're a legitimate uh, festival goer if you like but if you if you want if you want to also use that to pay for things that is up to you and this is how it works but uh, but if you don't you can use cash or card that that would have been the sensible way forwards to give people choice I mean even then you could question the 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 wisdom overall in, in applying this thing. But really, it's I think the concerning thing is in the big picture is that it's normalizing a cashless system. And for Christians in particular, this is a this is a bizarre thing to actually want to welcome in, considering what the Bible talks about, especially in Revelation. Yeah. And uh, and again, this this is where I suppose um, some some Christians would be going, oh, don't be so ridiculous. That's just that's just being far fetched. It's like, okay, well, this is how these things work. As we've said many times on these po- these podcasts, it's it's not you, you, you don't arrive at the 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 beast system with the beast bus turning up in your town centre and announcing mm-hmm. it to everybody. That's not how it works. It's it's incremental over a period of time, and things like this uh, sort of unfortunately feed into that. But what is um, what is very telling about this, and we'll link to, we'll link to the company that actually do it. They're called Event Page, and the, the event is spelled without an e, um, e v n t page. And this system is touted as a cashless and access control system. So just have a think about that a moment in where we're going society wide, and uh, it's a bit sobering, I think. But anyway, yeah. Anything more to say on that one? That was well, really by the, the only thing to add, I think you said, wasn't there some teaching which you said oh, was yes. very good, where it was about not conforming to the to the world? Yeah, uh, a bit uh, ironic. Do, uh, don't do not conform, but be transformed. Um, I'm just I'm just going to grab my Bible. Just just talk about that a moment, Helen, while I've grabbed my Bible. Okay. Well, the other thing I was going to say is that, of course, this was an event designed for children, and children have you know save up their pocket money, take their money, and want to spend it on the merchandise. And and I thought that was really sad as well that you know that children weren't able to spend the, the money that they had saved up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a that was a, a pity, and it was definitely a um, a sad thing. But like I said, it, it, the the festival was was brilliant, and um, yeah, we all really 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 enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, shall we move on? We got we got yeah. a few things we wanted to. Yeah, is that a yes or yeah? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so just just want to whistle stop through through uh, a few a few topics that have caught our attention and, and may well have and may well have. Um, caught your eye as well one of them is the kind of rumbling of 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 covid without without being totally boring 
um, it still seems to be uh, in the background, doesn't it, Helen? There's a there's a, a new a new um, what, what, what's the technical term? A scariant? I think oh, we call probably. it a scariant. I'm not sure a variant is is really the correct term. One of them could be EG5, and there has been muted um, talk of of masks returning, which is which is beyond absurd, isn't it? Really, Helen? Yeah. It- it is, and I mean, I'm. I've been thinking for some time. It's going to come back. They're going to try it again, and yeah. it it feels like we're just waiting. And and yeah, I I re- I, re- I really I really yeah. I hope people do see the absurd stupidity of 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 wearing wearing masks. I mean, but sad, sadly, I, I think many many don't. And and this is why again, you know, we didn't. We, in a sense, we do want to bang the same drum because that's 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 the job, uh, and of course we don't want to. We neither, but neither do we want to bore people or upset people. But 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 banging the kind of the drum on on these kind of things is is not kind of all about going over the same ground all the time. It's about saying, look, we cannot forget what happened, not to dwell on that, but to ensure that we don't make the same mistakes again when something else comes down the line and it is coming down the line and we just got to be awake to that. But in America, um, there's a, a film entertainment company called Lionsgate and they've told nearly half of their employees to wear masks in the workplace as COVID cases rise, apparently. Um, and they, uh, they told their staff at the Santa Monica flagship headquarters that those on the third and fifth floors of the five-story building must use medical grade protection. So I'm just imagining that if you're on the fourth floor, you're fine on the fourth floor. Maybe maybe you're fine. It's probably like that thing where you're in a restaurant. <laughs> you can you you have to wear a mask when sat down. But when walking, oh no, was it was it walking around? I forget the lun- the lunacy uh, now. Was it walking around? You when wear you a walk mask. around, you wear it. Yes. And when you sit down, when you, you take stand it off. up, when you sit down, COVID, it's not worried That's about right, you when it? you sit down. Yeah. 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 And 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 this apparently all this follows because several employees have tested positive for COVID in recent days and weeks, and the national rise in people being admitted to hospital for the virus. Um, so so they're admitting there that the vaccine doesn't work, then aren't they? Really, because they've they've yeah. rolled out this. Well, it's not a vaccine. I don't. It's a it's a it's a jab which injures people. Uh, it certainly doesn't save people or prevent them from getting COVID. That's for sure. Um, but the, <laughs> I mean, anecdotally, and this is only anecdotally. I saw a survey about asking, would you wear a mask again? You know, yes or no. It's just a very bog standard basic survey. And this is anecdotal. So, but the, I was thinking, oh, there'll be like 90% saying no. But actually, it wasn't. It was 42% of this survey that said, yes, they would wear a mask again. I could not believe it. I was thinking, oh, people. I think people this silly. But Honestly, I think if be. they brought mandates in again, I think, I mean, certainly when I was around with no mask, it felt like it was probably less than 1%. I think if they did yes. it again, it'll be less than 2%. But I think the majority will just do as they're told. Yeah, they will. Even they if will. they, even if they know it doesn't work. So if you're, you're, you're listening to this, you're a Christian, um, make sure that you don't fall for this nonsense the second time. And we just encourage you to stand firm. It's really important. Uh, so the, oh, another one linked to this, a kind of following the, 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 the good old COVID theme 
is that the European Court is apparently to determine whether COVID church closures breached religious freedoms and a former special envoy to the European Union is challenging the ban on public worship in Slovakia during during the COVID pandemic. And uh, they 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 state that that religious freedom as a basic human right deserves the highest level of protection, prohibiting people from worship and communal religious exercises profoundly illiberal and illegitimate. And they, then they go on to say worship bans were unfair and disproportionate. Our arguments submitted to the court demonstrate clearly that blanket bans are violations of religious freedom under international human rights law. And um I think the Slovakian government are kind of pushing back, saying there was no breach to freedoms as individual worship was still possible, along with online worship. Wow. Um, well, Do you think online worship is actually a thing? My personal view is I would... <laughs> I would I would say it, if you're substituting that for actually physically meeting with people when you can... Then I would say no. If if it's if it's when, in other words, if it's if it if it becomes a convenience, I I would highly question that. Can can God still speak to you through something online? Absolutely, of course he can, totally. Um, can you pray together online? Absolutely, yes. But I think there is. In my mind, at least, there is a difference between saying, "Okay, I'm 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 going to forego meeting together with my brothers and sisters in person because, for whatever shaky reason you might choose, and therefore I'm going to still ascribe a legitimate sense to meeting online." I I would I would question that. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's something about the gathered body of christ where two or three are gathered um yes and i think that has to be in person i think there's something completely different about gathering together in person um to worship god that there is it's it's um it is it is an interesting one because it it it's it, it's not a, it's not a, it's not as simple as saying oh, this is wrong this is right because there's more, it's more nuanced to it like that. I was, I was thinking of like a kind of analogy, maybe one analogy which which it talks about, which touches on the same principle is is whether you take is whether you read from a real Bible or use your phone. So many people will use their phone because it's convenient and they've got their wretched phone with them all the time. Mm. But does that mean you should use your phone instead of getting a real Bible? I would argue no. Get a real Bible. You know, handle it. You, you know, put. It, because because what what it what that because there's something going on underneath there and mm. if we lift up all the layers what we end up with i think and if we're honest with ourselves is that our phones are a bit of an idol because we carry them around with us all the time they are a convenience and we're getting god to become to fit into our convenience Whereas if you purposefully pick up a Bible and take it to church, there's something there, there's something being said there. There is something being communicated there. There's something to say, this is important to me. This is different. And yes, the words are the same, but there's something deeper going on that is is missed by so many people. 
And I think the same apply the same principle applies to online church. Um, mm. It's almost a hoodwinking, actually. There's a spiritual significance to the there is the physical. Yes. Yes. And it's about the physical meeting together in the same way as you're talking about the physical Bible. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I think there's something very deep there, which is related to the incarnation. Jesus came as a physical human being. And, you know, God created us as physical beings. And, yeah, there's something quite deep there that I can't really articulate. The, 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 there absolutely there absolutely is another one just quickly on this just to kind of hopefully make the point really clear masks would be another one so so people might say well you know the fact is we're in church the main thing is we're in church and we're wearing our masks to protect one another no there's a massive first of all there's a huge contradiction there but also the actual act of covering your face with a pointless piece of cloth there is spiritual significance there as well there is the imago day that we're made in the image of God, and um, the enemy loves to 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 do something against that. So to cover the face, which is made in the image of God, that's why I think you, you know the covering of the face, uh, things satanic, um, idolatry, yes. you know, all that kind of thing. There will always be mask wearing, covering of the face. That's it's very yes. significant. Um, I wrote an article about that about masks a while ago, and yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think as well, it, just to just to um, reiterate something which you mentioned before that this whole thing of of complaining about the churches being closed actually. Um, I think that misses the point completely, and 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 I I you know I would include myself in that as well, um, because until I chatted with Nick Franks, he I, I didn't realise this, but he raises the the point that it that he believes it's it, and I think he's right that it was God who closed the church, and so taking so taking the authorities to court over your church closures is 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 somewhat absurd. Because what we should be doing is asking the question, well, why did God close the churches? What is he trying to tell us? What do we need to pay attention to? And for many churches now, sadly, it's business as usual. And they've completely, it's, it would seem, have have missed that. But that that is a topic for another podcast. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and obviously on the whole, mask things, masks, masks don't, don't, they really don't work. Not none of them do. I mean, it's just it's just a nonsense. People are even thinking about this. Um, another one, another just thing, very quickly um, caught 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 my eye at least was that the Church of England apparently have announced funding for nine point four million for additional curate posts, and it will mean there's almost seventy extra stipendary curacy positions for deacons who are ordained this year. Um, and I I I just. Okay, it sounds to me like really the Church of England maybe would be better getting their house in order first in a doctrine of what they actually believe before they start training up new curates um, who they may well be training in in error. Um, if, 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 however, on the other hand, on the other hand, they can um, bring in new curates and train them in the sound 
handling of uh, God's word, uh, to uh, subscribe to biblical orthodoxy, to be able to be bold and courageous um, in proclaiming the gospel as it has been uh, given to us by Christ, then then great. But um, I'm just concerned that they're a long way from that place. Any comments on that, Helen? Or is nothing to say there? Um, well, just I think uh, my initial reaction was it depends who these 70 people are and what they stand for. Mm. Um, <laughs> that will determine whether it's money well spent or not. Yeah. It will, won't it? Um, but I think there's there's massive, massive concerns about the Church of England now, unfortunately, and um, it's not it's not heading heading in a, in a good direction. And and I think again, this 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 all this all talks about what what you'll you'll hear in um, a, a corporate phrase, if you like, which is business as usual. In other words, you are just carrying on with the day to day running as if nothing has happened. And we cannot afford to do this. We've got to got to sit back, sit not sit back. We've got to sit down, look at where we're at, look at why we are where we are at, and come before God and say, "Look, Lord, what do you want us to do? Where have we gone wrong? How do we how do we repent? Where do we turn back?" And those are the key questions to ask. And it's from a place of repentance and coming under God's mighty hand that we then can move forwards one would hope but moving forwards without doing that is uh, frankly crazy um but yeah if you're you're in a church of england church just encourage you to talk to your vicar uh, pray for them uh, try and um, hopefully see if they are awake to what's happening in the world and uh, and yeah when we talk about being awake it's not just in terms of what's what's happening politically or economically or socially it's also awake to the truth contained within god's word it's the whole thing that's what we that's when we talk about being awake that's what we mean um it, it, it it's about being just open to the reality and the application of god's word and being willing to engage with that um but yeah do 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 pray for them shall we move on Yep. Uh, so this is also a kind of a, a church link here. So this is another thing that struck, struck that caught my attention. On moving on to climate change now. Uh, so Christian Climate Action, the CCA, urges uh, CAFOD to stop banking with Barclays. Um, and, and CAFOD is, if you're not sure, is, is Catholic Aid for Overseas Development. And th- they apparently, uh, the, the CCA held a vigil urging charities to reconsider their banking ties with Barclays, which apparently is also Europe's largest fossil fuel in- inventor. Um, it's investor? quite interesting. Investor? Sorry, did I say inventor? <laughs> yeah, you know, you I said I said inventor because as I was saying that, I was thinking about um, the, 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 the lovely little um, uh, Reuters fact find on on uh, Rockefeller and and the fossil fuel thing because they 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 want to point out that it 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 wasn't uh, Rockefeller who who um, promoted the term fossil who, who coined this is interesting this is just an aside here that who who came up with the term fossil fossil fuel oh. and they 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 ascribe it to somebody from I think it's the early eighteen hundreds the thing is it doesn't matter. In a sense, who 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 actually came up with it originally? It's it's who brought it into the mainstream, 
and um, the, the Rockefeller would have had did have a, a, a significant impact in that. Uh, influencing that rather for specific reasons, and uh, it was quite—it's quite fascinating. Look at the so-called fact check, fact, fact, che- fact checkers, and how they mm-hmm. kind of squirm around trying to make something fit their skewed worldview. But anyway, um, that's just an aside. And but yeah, this—they they had a, a similar uh, prayer vigil was held. Uh, before Christian Aid, a large organization which many of you all heard of, made the decision to close its account with Barclays last month. And this is interesting. So the the one of the co-founders of the Christian Climate Action Group, Holly Anna Peterson, said, when a charity chooses Barclays, this also gives Barclays social license and political influence as it is able to present itself as a bank associated with positive causes instead of one which is bankrolling climate collapse. In this critical time for life on our planet, it is important that charities put their money where their mouth is. If they are declaring that that their positive impact, they need to move away from this destructive bank. Um, I, I mean, there's lots we could say about that, which I suppose we're not going to. But it just struck me where they said where she talks about in this critical time for life on our planet. I, I thought I thought this was God's God's world, not not our world. But uh, maybe I, maybe I missed something there. Um, it, it, Okay, Helen, is this a gospel issue? No. No. Okay. Not really. And and this and and also just just to just to put a, a clear line in the sand, there is no biblical doctrine of environmentalism. Okay, just to be clear, there isn't. The the the, the God 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 make you know that doesn't mean to say we just act like we don't don't care. There is a biblical doctrine of creation, and of God creating and creating us and as god as creator and calling us to um work the land and subdue it but there's not a doctrine of environmentalism as much as some would like there to be there really isn't um but there is uh, a biblical doctrine of salvation in the lord jesus christ and that's what we're called to proclaim and declare as followers of jesus and this kind of nonsense put forwards by organizations like christian climate action is is ridiculous Do you have anything to say on that i've said a lot. well just i i'd quite like to know what bank they're moving to because i'm not sure i, I would suspect that all of the banks fund in some way uh things that they probably wouldn't be happy with and it's interesting that the climate issue appears to now be top of their list i thought things like uh funding of arms or um uh, maybe research on embryos or well, b- you know, all sorts of yeah. things, which might be higher up the list, but it appears that fossil fuels is the top one now. Mm. It does, isn't it? It does. Um, and, and interestingly, there is, there is quite a lot of pushback against the, the, the climate change alarmist narrative, as we talked about in our, in our last podcast, um, there's a World Climate Declaration, um, a, a network of around 1,600 scientists, professionals, um, uh, basically stating that climate science should be less political, and climate policy, clients, cl- climate policies should be more scientific, and scientists should openly address the uncertainties and exaggerations in their predictions of global warming, while politicians should dispassionately count the real costs as well as the imagined benefits of their policy measures. Um, and that's that's quite that's quite interesting what they say. Basically, they say there is there is no there is no such thing as the 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 
the kind of the climate the climate emergency um things like warming is far slower than predicted climate policy relies on inadequate models talks about modeling last time didn't we helen that's always a wretched thing um co2 is a plant food basis of all life on earth which we know global warming has not increased natural disasters which we know climate policy must respect scientific and economic realities um so yeah that's 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 a good thing that people are are fighting back on this um and yeah. the group is the group this group is going to function as the Glo- global climate intelligence group apparently and the i like what is, is oh go on yeah well just um these 1600 scientists which i you know i think it's a great thing what they're doing um but the problem they're trying to highlight is that science is not able to happen because the position we're in now is that um if you if you're wanting to research anything to do with climate which doesn't fit the narrative you don't get funding so these scientists you know that science isn't able to happen in that kind of environment because it has to be everything has all um hypotheses have to be tested and that's just not happening and it's the same with anything it was the same with with covid or you know all of these things um the funding is you know it's it's completely skewed and unless you're unless you're investigating a global warming um issue from that point of view that that climate is changing and we're causing it then you don't get funding yeah totally agree totally agree with that um and this this is what's happening across the board, isn't it? And and we see this whole thing with you know then it's all ramping up with these 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 fires everywhere as well, isn't it? And again we touched on that last time, and it's it's all it was all fitting into the, an overall narrative, and 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 again it's 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 looking at this through the lens of a biblical worldview, isn't it, Helen? It's 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 yeah. having that that big picture overview because as Christians, it's very easy, I think, if we don't do that, to be alarmed by things, to be frightened, and that's not good. We don't, we you know, we're not to be people of of fear, um, and so by actually understanding a little bit about what the Bible talks about, what the truth is, it can really help us and give us that uh, hope and encouragement that we need. I really, I really thought it was, it was quite good at the bottom of this uh, page on on this group for the the, clo- the global climate intelligence group. They said it is not the number of experts, but the quality of arguments that counts, and uh, that's uh, that's Very really true. good. That's so so good. Yeah. Um, shall we move on? Yeah. So, um, in doing a bit of research for this podcast, I came across something actually from nineteen. 19- no, not 1998, not that long ago, is it? I don't think this person was alive in 1998. 2018. And how do you, is it Lauren, Lauren Daigle? Is that who? Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren Daigle, Christian, a Christian singer, which I'm sure many many of you have heard about. But um, back in 2018, she was um, asked in a, she was in a, uh, on like a radio interview type thing. And she was, she was asked by the interviewer, the interviewer said this, I hate to do this to you, Lauren, but I usually ask tough questions. So is that all right if I ask just a couple of ones that are tougher and you can let me know if you want to answer them? And she replied, okay, cool. And then the interviewer says, well, just because we're talking about Ellen DeGeneres, um, do you feel that homosexuality is a sin? 
And after a pause, Lauren responded, you know, I can't honestly answer on that. I have too many people that I love that that they are, that, sorry, I have too many people that I love that, that, you know, they are homosexual. I don't know. I actually had a conversation with someone last night about it, and it was like, I can't say one way or, or the other. I'm not God. So when people ask questions like that, that's just what my go-to is. I just say, read the Bible and find out for yourself. And when you find out, let me know, because I'm learning too. And the interviewer replies, wow, you're a pro already. That was, this is this is a blasphemy person, but... It's astonishing, isn't it, Helen? Don't you think? This kind of crazy answer when somebody I mean, admittedly, somebody's put on the spot, but let's be let's be clear here. The the anybody going into the public sphere like this will have, or if they haven't, that it's it's I guess negligent almost. Somebody saying to them, You are going to when you do an interview, you are going to get a difficult question. We're going to kind of if you like, red team this and work out what the difficult questions might potentially be and what the good answers are going to be. So you're not caught out. That that that's why you have that's why you have PR people helping you. That's the job to do things like that. So there's no excuse for not being prepared. But that was that was such a nonsensical nonsense answer, wasn't it? Well, it was do- dodging the question really, but I mean maybe Maybe that's what she she wanted to do. I mean, Lauren has um, very clearly positioned herself as a Christian singer, and um, so I but guess what does that mean? Shouldn't be surprised to be asked questions like that. What, what does that mean, though? What does it mean if somebody's a Christian singer? Is it do they have the name Jesus in the songs? Well, yeah. Well, I think that's it's a particularly American thing, isn't it? Because the Christian music market in America is is significantly bigger than it is not really much of a thing here but it is in America but she um her, her recent album um she's decided not to do that anymore she's moving to the mainstream oh, okay yeah I mean I I look I mean I don't I used to think I used to think oh wouldn't it be good if you know having you know Christians um, in in the kind of mainstream, and 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 we we never really did. We never really did. When when we were younger, it'd be like I guess delirious would be um, the closest they would get. And I think that one of their albums, Audio Lesson Over, was um, an anagram for Radio One won't play us. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it was true. They wouldn't they wouldn't play them. But as 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 you know, as the years have gone by, I've realised that actually it's a closed shop is the entertainment and the music business. There's certain things you have to do. There's certain things you have to subscribe to in order to get on in that world, which would partially explain why those who follow Jesus simply won't. Um, so there is unfortunately an element of selling out if you want to sell out in terms of albums or concert sales um and i think it's a case of having to choose where you want to be planted whether you want to be planted in in the truth or whether you want to be planted in the world you can't be both i don't think in in this particular area sadly um do you reckon yeah i do i do and um 
I don't know. I think it's it, it's sad for Lauren. Um, there was an interview recently uh, in the uh, or an article in the Guardian uh, only a couple of months ago, and um, and in there she was asked about. She was also asked. Well, this this was raised, and then she was asked about abortion because she's from Louisiana, and oh, yes. um, she yeah. was asked about the recent change to abortion laws, which you know, on the other side of the globe, I. I, I could have answered that question, but apparently she she didn't she didn't know. She said she claimed she, she didn't know anything about that, which I thought, oh, surely you must know. I just think you're just again trying to avoid controversial topics. But um, you know, I think the lesson yeah. the lesson for us as Christians is that we need to be prepared to be clear on our views when asked, even if if even if that won't be popular. Um, but it's yeah, yeah we do. You know, it's just important. We we must do. We 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 really do. And um, I, I we're using Lauren as an example because um, she, this came this came to our attention. And, and and it is actually interesting when you talk about something that's happened a few years ago, like in 2018, because you you have obviously the benefit of of hindsight. But but things will have settled down, so to speak. So you can perhaps be more objective about it. Um, and it, it is really, it, it's a good reminder for, for Christians, for followers of Jesus to, to like, like saying, Helen, to have an idea of what you would say to somebody to, and to think that through, to think, how would I respond to somebody if they bring up the, um, topic of, of homosexuality or transgenderism or abortion? For example, how, what would I say? But crucially, why would I say that? And and it's it's not about being completely right in how we say something, but it is about knowing what we believe. Mm. And we we really would do ourselves a huge amount of um, a good would help ourselves hugely if if we can actually think through what how would I respond to somebody about a topic like like the ones we just mentioned because people will will ask and and I think as Christians as followers of Jesus we we are we are called to proclaim truth we are called to be bold we're called to be courageous and we are called to be faithful to the message that is being passed down to us. We're not there to change it. We're not there to sit in judgment on it. And if we want to see God work, that's what we should do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think one of the classic ones that um, we all need to be prepared for is that people will use the, oh, well, um, Jesus said to to love your neighbour. And, and then they'll use that as as well therefore you know love everyone and 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 therefore you know you can't say that anything is a sin really because that wouldn't be loving your neighbor um and people will say this who have never read the bible who have no idea about what jesus said and and to me the very first response is of course first jesus said to love god and yes. um if you love god you will obey god and um you know that because that that's the most important law and of course um you will only be able to obey god if you um follow scripture and if you if you know scripture and know what god says about how we're to live um and the other one that 
people will say as well is, oh, well, Jesus didn't say, he didn't directly say homosexuality is a sin. What they mean is he didn't directly use those words. Yeah. And that, you know, that is true. But of course, Jesus was very clear. Um, it's not true at all that, that therefore that means that, that, you know, anything goes. It's not true at all. Jesus made it very clear that God created male and female, that marriage is between a man and a woman. He makes that very clear in Matthew chapter 19, um, and that he came to fulfill the Old Testament scriptures in Matthew 5. And time and again, he said, it is written, have you not heard? Have you not read? Yeah. Jesus made it yeah. very clear that um, the Old Testament scriptures absolutely stand. They were the scriptures to Jesus. Of course, the New Testament scriptures weren't yet written. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're totally right, Helen. And isn't it ironic that um, those on a liberal persuasion on 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 this kind of thing, you know, the kind of the Steve Chalks or the Vicky Beechings of, of this world, if you like, um, would 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 have that um, flawed argument that oh well Jesus Jesus didn't talk about homosexuality. Their thinking being well, basically, if it's not mentioned, then it's okay. And the irony there is that's legalism. They are being they are being Pharisaical in how they understand Scripture through saying well God's not mentioned this, so therefore I'll do it. And they completely missed it. It's gone whoosh straight over their heads. Well, it's like saying God didn't say, you know, he didn't specifically mention shoplifting. No. It's like, no, but he made it clear that you're not to take something that's not yours. Quite, exactly. I mean, another one would be, you know, so Jesus didn't talk about kidnapping. Does that mean that kidnapping's okay? Well, of course it isn't. I mean, so so the the absurd arguments that some professing Christians use is are, are simply nonsense. It just it just reveals a, 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 such a sickening level of biblical illiteracy that you wonder if they are ordained, what what kind of Bible college they even went through, or even why they're still ordained. It's that bad. Um, but yeah, it's. It, just just what we're trying to do here is just help you see that it's important to grasp why why the the truth matters why what the bible say matters and to ask god to help us articulate that to people clearly and boldly and faithfully and in gentleness it's not like ramming you know something down somebody's throat but it but it is about speaking the truth and yeah so so there we go. That was that was um, that was an interesting one. Any any? Should we move on? Yeah, move on. Yeah, move on. Okay. So uh, as we kind of enter the kind of the holding pattern of landing the podcast, a couple of uh, other topics that we want to talk about before we finish. Um, and the first one is is the one of um, conspiracy theories. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a fa- favorite subject, isn't it, Helen? And uh, do you do you want to talk about your 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 one of your your guys you've been following here for a while, haven't you? Because I only heard about him through you. Yeah, one of my favourite people. Um, Jonathan Pajo, who's a, a clever man. I, I love listening to him. He's a um, French-Canadian 
icon carver um public speaker and youtuber i follow his podcast called the symbolic world um it's absolutely fascinating and um we'll link to it worth a listen yeah definitely but this is just i mean some of his are very long sometimes my brain nearly explodes trying to keep up with him but um but this is a actually a very short one and he was talking about conspiracy theories and um yeah it's it's really good and you know obviously this has been a big topic over the last few years I'm, I'm sure 10 years ago i hardly heard people talking about it but now it's you know the it's become the slander against anyone who who you know as soon as you um suspect people in power or that they're abusing their position or you know you, you start saying anything going against the narrative then you're just a conspiracy theorist and well yeah. I, I i remember back in 2020 when somebody came around to the house and, and I was I was talking about the um the the mar I think it, the, I either I just made casual mention or oh, I'm not sure about this whole mask wearing thing. And and this person said to me, Oh, you're not a conspiracy theorist, are you? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like okay, well yeah. um, and, so I mean I, I I yeah, I've had it leveled against me. I mean just the other day I just mentioned something you know, just really really minor just said something and it's like oh well you just believe all these conspiracy theories it's just a way of shutting you down just like i'm not going to listen to anything you have to say it's um, it's it's equivalent to the small child putting the fingers in her ears and then yeah, going la la, la 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 really loudly yeah, except exactly. it's adults doing it instead um <laughs> yeah. but yeah so it's really good to hear someone um talking about it really intelligently and and he was saying you know this this idea that there's a I think this is what many people think that that oh well y- you must think there's this shadowy group um that mm. controlling the world you know some someone who's who's there you know whoever some people say oh it might be Klaus Schwab or whoever who's directing everything um you know and that that is ridiculous isn't it that's not and that's not what I think's going on yeah, it is. I, 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 yeah, I think that 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 notion is it's, it's like a caricature, isn't it? It's, it's, it's so so people so those opposed to being woken up from their sleep when you're trying to raise somebody and say, look, understand what's happening in the world and why it's happening. Again, no, go away. You're a conspiracy theorist. Don't tell me that there's all these people. Blah 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 blah. And, and give that example that you just said, Helen. And it's it's. It, it, it is nonsense because nobody's suggesting that. And yes, there are there are groups around the world that certainly contribute towards and will uh, collaborate, perhaps unwittingly, in the overall picture. So we've we've spoken before about the WEF, and and they they are they are one of them. And there's there's many more that you may or may not have heard of: the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, um, families like the Rothschilds. Um, other organisations probably we never heard of, um, but I think one of the things that that he touches on, Jonathan Paggio touches on, is this is this principle of compartmentalisation. So, in 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 the military, for example, the idea of compartmentalisation was that if fewer people know the details of a mission or a task, the risk or likelihood that such information could then be compromised or fall into the hands of um, the opposition is decreased. In other words, you only need to know the thing that you're focusing on, and and I think John, I think Jonathan Badger 
does he does he no, maybe he doesn't use this example maybe i'm thinking of somebody else like um james denpole something like that but 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 basically if you work for a, a, a large company for example the same thing applies so if you're in kind of middle let's say a middle tier in a large company you're not going to know all the strategies and and deep conversations that the board of directors are going to have which may dictate where the company goes and also some perhaps nefarious activities they might be considering or or future cuts they might be considering that are going to affect you what you know is your immediate surroundings and what you need to do in order to contribute to the overall well-being of the company and that's compartmentalization that's another example of it and this is how all this works but but crucially for the christian we have the bible and the bible shines a light on what's actually going on and it gives us this amazing opportunity to understand the world a little bit better and this is why we need to apply a biblical worldview in 1 john 5:19 it tells us that the whole world is under the control of the evil one so therefore when you see something happening and and, and it's it's you know a bad thing like what's happened over the last 3 years the evil, the the enemy, Satan, is well able to orchestrate and control different factions. Those factions may or may not know how they fit into that. Some will worship the enemy. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's also a reality. But it, it, but that helps us understand how things actually fit together. So yeah, it's not it's not the shadowy figure stroking a white cat, is it, Helen? No, it's not. And um, he, Jonathan gives, a, I think, one of the best examples he gives is how we all participate in conspiracies, um, whether we realise it or not. So um, I think the great example he gives is about Father Christmas. And so parents across the world, retailers, organisations, everybody participates in this grand conspiracy about... Um. Mm-hmm. about this this um man with a beard who comes and gives presents uh on christmas eve to to all the children and so there's no there's no one person who's making that happen and there's no you know directions received but everyone participates in it yeah yeah you know that that's just a little example another example he gives is the recent change in the pride flag to the progress pride flag mm. and again this happened in unison across the world and and you know there may or may not have been a particular person who decided right this is what we're going to do but it it happened almost organically and and the the thing is he says all you need is a hierarchy and and you need advantage at the level at which a person is and as long as there is an advantage there then an incentive then the conspiracy works exactly so for example exactly. with with covid as as long as where they were in in america there were hospitals were paid for um where covid patients were were declared as a covid patient or i think where there was a covid death i can't remember which way around but as long as that incentive and that payment was there then of course the numbers will increase. That's just what happens. Yes, yes, yeah, and it, yeah, it is what it is what happened as well. Um, yeah, those those are re- those are really helpful examples. Um, 
and so yeah just 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 be just be aware of 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 i guess that understanding of conspiracy theories that that cia coined phrase conspiracy theorist um as well so it's um <laughs> slightly uh, suspect origins in the first place and and for good reason discredit people questioning a narrative and by assigning them to a group that a lot of people would not want to be associated with is quite a cunning tactic, really. And it's worked very well. Um, and we still, we always need to practice discernment. You know, when we're not, we're not suggesting for a moment that you just believe completely everything you're told at all. Weigh it up. Look at what's happening. Read, read your Bible. Apply what you read in God's word to the world around you. And I, God will give you a better understanding of what's happening and ultimately remind us that Jesus is coming back and encourage us with that hope and encourage us with that truth because uh, that's what that's what it's all about isn't it Helen Yeah yeah it is and and I think as Christians um we can't not believe in conspiracy theories because like you said um the enemy satan is you know he's the grand plotter he he is the great conspirator and um you know we we read about that right from the beginning in genesis yes yeah we do it's so all there we, it's we all have there. to be mindful we have to know what the opposition is and what his tactics are um yeah, yeah we do yeah. being awake to that yeah shall we shall we move on to our last our last one on on ukraine because um yes. you alerted me to this tucker carlson do i just take us just intro this and we can just chat this through because it's, it's it's quite it was quite it's quite something what he was saying wasn't it yeah there's a, a very good i would definitely recommend watching this interview with um that tucker carlson um has done uh his interviews now are on twitter i can't remember quite what happened he was chucked off fox news wasn't he um yeah and- he, he, he yeah he was i think he, he either he was he was either pushed jumped or jumped and was given a push at the same time but yeah he was on it was on fox news and now he's now he's um set up his own uh outlet and seems to be doing very well as a result yeah so some interesting interviews there and um, there's another one i'd recommend that he's done with jfk jr and on that one they talk about the bio labs in ukraine and um, that's worth a listen as well but this interview he's done with um retired army colonel Douglas McGregor, who was uh, a decorated combat veteran who advised the Secretary of Defence in the last administration. Um, and he, yeah, it's it's very instructive. Um, if you're not sure about what's been going on in the war with, um, uh, in Ukraine, then I think this is, a good listen because we're we're told so little really especially if all you watch well, is the bbc we, we are i mean interestingly it seems sadly that the, the the conflict in ukraine in terms of being reported in our media works on the basis of if it's in the media then there is a perceived uh victory for ukraine and if it's all quiet in the media relatively at least then things aren't quite going as well as planned so that would be the um, the example of the, the the leader of the the, the Wagner Group who is, is claimed was was killed when his plane was shot down a, a day ago. Um, whether whether or not he was on that plane or not, who knows? But um, that that's an example of where 
something big big will be on the front pages um but also with regards to the general narrative in ukraine i think if if the mainstream media are uh promoting it then sadly it's likely to be a lie <laughs> that that's literally that's where it's at now that's that's really that that that's the yardstick that we use and we would say everybody should use that if you see something pasted all over the mainstream media treat it with treat it with the utmost caution um but it it, it seems really from looking into this um that ukraine is not winning um and it it, it the the loss of life is is appalling yeah. I mean, the, the estimate yeah. was like over 400,000 Ukrainian soldiers killed, which is just, it's just awful. Um, and the, the running out of, the running out of soldiers, it would seem. Yeah. Because the, the much vaunted counteroffensive has not got anywhere. And you, you can find, you can find snippets of that in the mainstream press where they bemoan the fact that it's not working. And and look, just to just to be really clear, if you listen listen to this and you're not listening to lots of podcasts, we are not um uh, Putin or Russian apologists at all. This isn't what we're this isn't where we're coming from. What we are about is seeking after the truth as much as we are able to and discerning when a lie is being told. And on Ukraine, we are being lied to. We are Absolutely being lighted. I mean, just just remember, take yourself back to last the beginning of 2022, and how literally COVID finished, and then no joke, the next day it was it was replaced with Ukraine. That's literally what happened. We are not exaggerating when we say that. Um, and if some of you will be able to remember that, it, it's been yeah, it's been steeped in lies from the start. Sadly. Um, but the, but this army colonel um, Douglas McGregor he he has a lot to say on this, doesn't he? And 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 whether whether what some of the things he says whether they turn out in terms of predictions whether they turn out to, to be the case or not we'll obviously have to wait and see. But but uh, his um, his concern isn't it that because they're running out of um, people to fight on Ukraine's behalf, who's going to replace them? And his question is, well, he thinks it'll be United States troops, which yeah. if that is the case, that's pretty dire for um, what comes next, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I mean, they start off with, with saying that all the claims being made, like Ukraine is winning, that's not true. The Russian no, army isn't. is in disarray, that's not true. Ukraine is a democracy, that That's was never true. And you know, before the war, Putin is is just like Hitler. Well, that, that's just lazy, frankly. Yeah. Um. And and he goes through. I think the the general gist of it really is that um, you know, we've said this before that this whole situation was complicated. It was never straightforward. It was never Ukraine is this um, flourishing democracy nasty big Russia have just come in from nowhere trying to take it over and we must defend Ukraine. That's that's the simplistic story. Um, whereas the actual background in this is that, um, you know, the, 
the tensions have it's complicated the tensions have been there for a long time and that the west has continued to push russia to the point where they had made their position very clear and effectively they were pushed into um uh you know into defending effectively the the territories in ukraine where um the people who regard themselves as russian were being persecuted and that's that's where it started um and he says that russia were never interested in a war with nato or the west and that's why they have proceeded so incrementally um but if we intervene then russia will be ready and we will pay heavily yes we will and and not forgetting of course that russia and china are allies and china has a vast military and it it just doesn't really it doesn't do well to think about but going going backwards a step however when we talk about what's happening in the world remember this is orchestrated by by the by the enemy and and i i would i used to think oh we're the good guys you know the west are the good guys that's nonsense we're not the good guys the 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 truth bomb is simply this there are no good guys there are only those who belong to christ <laughs> And those who are lost and need to belong to Christ, and that—that is—that—that's the deal. That's the deal. And we've got to, I think, as Christians, we've got to let go of this sentimental notion that we in the West are good because we're not good. You know, when you slaughter the unborn, you can't call yourself good. When you when you um, redefine marriage and say a man could be a woman, a woman could be a man, and and actually, you know, um, being attracted to to young children is, is probably okay. That's not good. That's not good. And that that's that's where that's where things are at now in the West. So so to say, oh, in the West we're fighting, we're on the side of good, is is absurd is nonsense if you actually stop and think about what you're actually saying there mm. and and i think as christians particularly we've got to wake up to this and when we do wake up to this it's an amazing thing because then we can say you know what my allegiance is to god in heaven my home that i'm yearning for is with christ in heaven and I'm living my time on this earth to bring about as best I can the return of Christ, to live for him, to live for that kingdom. I'm an alien. I'm a stranger here. And yes, that that that, that frames our worldview. And it's not a negative thing. It's a tremendously liberating thing. And it's where and it's it's, I think, I believe that where we'll see God work, where we'll see God's power on display, where we'll see his mercy and his grace evidenced. And uh, that does happen. It does happen. And that's and that's also an amazing thing. So yeah. Any anything else to say on this one, Helen? Because there is a huge amount we could talk about here, isn't there? Yeah, there's a huge amount there. I mean, one of the things just on when you said about the West not being good, I mean, one of the things that are often talked about are Russian oligarchs, you know, Russian oligarchs oh, yes. are bad. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that Douglas McGregor makes the point is that there are oligarchs in the West as well. There are vested interests that are making money from this war. And and the kind of money we're talking about, he said it's costing the US trillions of dollars. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, yeah. War is war is war has always been good for business. War has always been a money spinner. It's been a blood spiller and a money spinner. And it's somewhat ironic that those who um, benefit from it don't pay the price. Um, yeah. And I think the warning that he's giving to Americans, because he's an American, uh, he says that the US is vulnerable, its economy, its manufacturing, its energy capacity, its agriculture, its industries, and its military. And he he particularly knows about the military, how vulnerable it is. And so, you know, he's saying this is this is insanity. Um, we're effectively on the brink of war with Russia. Yes. Yeah, and it is not going to end well for the West. No. So pray for peace. That's what we want. We want for the for the for the dear suffering people in Ukraine, pray for peace. Pray for peace. Um pray for peace for the continent of Europe. And I think this is where we this is as Christians where we should be really seeking to 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 focus our prayers here. Um I hear so many prayers in church about things like, you know, let's pray for basically for one of a they don't say it like this, but this is what they're thinking. Pray for the assassination of Putin. Um mm. as if that's gonna solve all the problems. I mean, honestly, the the level of naivety in some Christians is 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 bordering on breathtaking. Um and this is Do from the front of church it, on a Sunday morning. It's appalling. It, it is, isn't it? Um do you not think it's another example, maybe of um, of a need for greater humility and and yeah, for a need for repentance? And um, you know, I think that's what I feel that that we need to be repenting for our part in what is becoming an absolute bloodbath. Yes, which has effectively yeah. been caused by the West. I mean, just I'm just going to read a little. Um, I've been given a book which uh, has been endorsed actually by this this chap, Douglas McGregor. Um, and so to add to my growing reading list, um, well, I'm definitely <laughs> going to get this you're one. You're like reading. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll, have, I'll yeah, find my... another comic to offset your reading, Helen. <laughs> yeah. So this one is called "How the West Brought War to Ukraine," and um, this little paragraph on the back I think is very instructive. According to the Western narrative. Vladimir Putin is an insatiable Hitler-like expansionist who invaded Ukraine as an unprovoked land grab. That story is incorrect. In reality, the United States and NATO bear significant responsibility for the Ukraine crisis. Through a series of misguided policies, Washington and its European allies placed Russia in an untenable situation for which war seemed to Mr Putin and his military staff the only workable solution. This brief book lays out the relevant history and explains how the West needlessly created conflict and now labours under an existential threat of its own making. Yeah, yeah, that is that is that sounds really good. Well, I have to let us know how you get on with that. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just look how we how we pray corporately in church is important, and just encourage you to um, again just maybe feed into how that's done in your church because because we sh yeah 
praying for praying for this, praying for a good outcome is 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 vital. Um, shall we shall we bring it to a close here, Helen? Shall we just finish with the Bible? Yeah. Are you yeah. are you happy reading reading out? Yes, um, I'll read it. Five, I, 18, yeah. 18 to twenty. So just this thought. is from one, one John. John chapter five, and starting at verse eighteen. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Oh, brilliant. It's great, isn't it? And one, one John is, is he really brings about this, 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 um, this theme that, um, if we belong to Christ, one of the ways we know that is that we do not continue in our sin. And that, and, you know, I'm, I'm challenged by that, um, that, that wrestling with sin, that showing that actually I belong to Jesus now. And that's a mark of being, um, a disciple of Christ. Um, not continuing down that path, but also that wonderful truth that God keeps us safe, isn't it? And and that that the, there is uh, the only safety we find is in Christ, uh, because outside of Christ we are subject to um, the the viciousness of of the enemy's schemes, and and this is where we spoke earlier in this podcast where it. it it says God's word says that um, the whole world is under the control of the evil one, and as Christians, it's okay to recognise that, and it's important that we recognise that because that helps us understand much better what is happening in the world. But at the same time, we don't stop there, do we? Because we're reminded that actually we are children of God if we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and. Um, it doesn't say in this passage, but it talks elsewhere about how we are to live as strangers and aliens in in this world because we belong to Christ, because we put our trust and our faith in him. And that frees us up to, to live for God's purposes. So I think it's just a great reminder here in, in 1 John, we, we don't need to fear, even though the, the world is under control of the evil one, we don't need to fear. We, we know we know how this this ultimately ends. We do have hope, and most importantly, I think we can point others around us to the hope that we have, and pray that God, in His mercy, would reveal the truth to them that Jesus Christ is Lord, that has died for their sins, that has risen from the dead, and crucially, is coming back as the King of Kings. And uh, there's no one closer to that than us right now or you listening to this in the future. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyone, do you want to say anything else, Helen? Well, just on that note of that we need not fear, we will be a slave to whatever we fear, um, yes. to whatever we fear most. And we saw that in COVID, certainly people with their fear of death, of disease, or fear of the government or fear of going against the popular narrative, risking social exclusion. And they became slaves to that. Yes. Whereas we are told, the only thing we are told to fear is, is to fear God. And um, and we are to be slaves of Christ. And yes. that is the only slave worth being. 
that yeah. is actually an amazing and liberating thing to be a slave to Christ. Yeah, that is a a great point to end on and a fantastic reminder of that wonderful truth. Excellent. Um, right. Well, look, thank you for listening. Um, I hope this has been uh, uh, an encouraging, insightful, helpful, exhorting, etc. podcast. Um, please do get in touch with us if you want to give us any feedback. Always welcome for that. If you want to give us any suggestions for topics you'd like us to consider in the future, then do say. We have got um, a couple of things in the pipeline which we're working on. Um, so we kind of will do, we do kind of deeper dives, as we said before, into various topics. But in between those, we will do um, commentary on, on news and and applying a biblical worldview to that as we have done today. Um, we're also looking to do a, a couple of more interviews as well at some point soon. So so the, some good stuff in the pipeline, I think, is is fair to say, isn't it, Helen? Um, you, do, you can find us uh, in terms of the best best place to, to find us is through the, the link tree, which is linked from the, the Podbean notes. Um, and that, from there, you can find Helen's substack and you can support the podcast if you want to with a buy me a coffee but most importantly of all you can share it with people who you think would want to listen and we do have we do have a telegram group as well which you're very welcome to join um we don't we don't spam it with loads of stuff but we do we do update it um a few times a week with interesting things that we think uh people need to hear about or could be encouraging or things to consider i think i've covered everything there have i i must have missed something though yeah, anything I else? Think that's everything. That's everything. Yeah. Right. Well, look, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Bye. The Owl and the Badger.